Good morning, Journey. So we wanted to just give you a, a brief overview. Just, that's just from the last couple months of what God has been doing. And here's what that testifies to. That testifies to a great staff, to an amazing church family, but most importantly, to an awesome God. And I want you guys to know that. And, and so I want you to see that God is on the move. He is working. He is changing lives. He is setting people free. He's renewing families. He's restoring relationships. There is much that is happening. And I hope that if you're not part of that, that you'll become part of that. I want to give a special thank you to my brother, Michael Trogdon, who spoke last week. Uh, Michael is an overseer here at Journey, and so we are blessed to have him. And I know we watched online and, and saw uh, the truths that he gave to you. And it's just amazing to see because about a month ago, the series that was supposed to be taking place in September was going to be from the book of James. And there were reasons for that. But God changed it. He said, I want you to do spiritual places. Uh, I never tell anybody what to preach on. Anybody that preaches from up here preaches what God lays on their heart. And so Saturday, I sent Michael a message and said, hey, praying for you, brother, just follow the spirit of God. And you remember last week, he told you that at one o'clock in the morning, God changed the message to, I'm going to leave this what? Place. You see, folks, God is working. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. You know how sometimes if you get ready to watch something, they'll say, there's some violent content. You may want to change the channel if there are small children watching I'm going to give you this disclaimer. If you don't have a desire to follow God, you're going to be mad with me today. If you have a desire to follow God, you're going to be free today. Because there's something that we need to leave. And, and Michael started that last week by, I'm moving from this place. I'm leaving this place. But maybe some of you uh, have tried that and you go, man, I'm back in the place. I thought I was going to get out and, and I, I feel like I'm in an even worse place because there are some things that we need to be aware of as we leave that place that doesn't throw us back in. So the message from today is going to be this, God's defense against the devil's offense. Okay, God's defense against the devil's offense because folks, I think it's fair to say Every one of you in here have been offended or are currently being offended. Is that fair to say? All of you have had people that have done things to you, hurt you, uh, scarred you, damaged you, and we are offended. But sometimes we think we're justified in being offended and we stay there. And that's the wrong response. Because you need to see offended as this. It is the trap. Don't miss that word, trap. It is the trap used to keep you from reaching spiritual places. The word offended carries with it the idea of putting bait in a trap. And sometimes that trap might be like one of those that you see like the spring loaded, you know, the jaws, you kind of see to open up and right in the middle is the trigger point and they put a piece of bait, and when the animal gets it, then the trap comes forward and, and binds them and holds them there. Sometimes the trap is, is like a cage. It looks open. You can't see the bars that are around you, and there's a, there's a trap that's there that when you go in and you take the bait, 
the door comes closed and you're stuck. And church, some of you today, if you're not moving into that spiritual place, some of you today are stuck and you don't realize what's holding you there and it's the point that you're offended. It's the point that somebody has wronged you. It's the point that you've taken the bait and now you're stuck and the devil's holding on tight. And church, you cannot move forward. You can't go forward if you're still holding on to the traps, if your feet are entrapped by the devil's snares. So today we're gonna see how to break that free and how to follow Christ. But I know for most of you, we'd like to deal with things from our phone, right? We like to deal through stuff through Facebook, through Instagram, through Snapchat, through Twitter, through any kind of social media. And that's how we get our information. That's how we process things. And so I wanted you to take just a small glimpse and see if maybe this would describe your being offended. internet. Oscar nominations, Confederate flags, Beyonce, Super Bowl halftime performance. Our revolutionary technology provides icons on all your social media timelines, allowing you to get instantly offended at the push of a button. Don't let another zoo gorilla situation go by without letting the world know that you have a strong opinion. It's easy. Simply enter your ethnicity, religion, and political party, and we'll tailor content to help you get offended. Starbucks cups and gender bathrooms. Finally, no more thinking for yourself or forming your own opinion. Just get online and get angry. Politically inclined? Well, the old days of educating yourself and voting in elections are over. Just get online and start screaming. Custom alerts even help you get offended while remaining completely uninformed. So from the makers of Change Your Profile Photo to make you feel like you've made a difference, comes Get Offended. See a YouTube video that you don't think is funny? What are you gonna do, stop watching and move on with your day? Well, now you can take any humorous situation and instantly ruin it with Get Offended. So whether it's a lion being shot in Africa or a Muslim kid with a clock, don't miss your chance to get offended today about an issue you didn't even know existed yesterday. Get Offended, helping you let the opinions of strangers on the internet determine your quality of life. Now available in the App Store and Google Play. Guilty? Isn't it amazing? I like the little uh, line underneath of it that said, helping others that you don't know determine your quality of life. We look and we see something and it just makes us mad. I'm gonna give them a piece of my mind. I'm gonna just start putting down. And then, I only got three likes. This is, I gotta change this up. This is really bothering me now. And pretty soon, our whole day has been affected because we've been offended. You see, offended means the opportunity to stumble. Offended can mean to stumble. It can mean to fall away, to be wronged, to be trapped. But one of the, one of the Greek words that's used for the word offended is scandalon. Now, you guys are become, going to become Greek scholars. Are you ready? What English word do we get from scandalon? See how smart you are? Scandal. What happens with the scandal? Somebody took the bait. They were discovered. They're trapped. Now we're trying to, to determine 
what extent there are, and it causes a scandal. All because somebody took the bait. So therefore, they stumble. Church, in your life, the enemy wants you to stumble. He does not want you to walk closer to God. He does not want you to leave that place. He wants you to stay right there. And he wants you to feel justified while you're staying there. And he wants you to feel like, you know what? Until somebody else comes and sets me free, I have every right to be here. I have every right to be offended. And I want to give you this truth. You cannot advance to spiritual places if your feet are held in the devil's traps. You can't. You can't leave this place because you're held, you're bound, you're trapped. You, you maybe want to, but you feel like, man, I just can't. Maybe you've had this experience. Maybe somebody offended you. And so you kind of sat there and said, you know what? I'm standing right here until they come and tell me they're sorry. And they don't come. And so somebody comes along and says, hey, man, I see you're not really growing in your walk. You know, you're not very faithful to church and just hearing some of the things come out of your mouth. And man, I'm just concerned. And sometimes you, you just say, because man, the hurt is so real, you just kind of maybe even lash out in anger or maybe you're the person that, that responds in crying and you're just like, I just can't. Until that person comes and asks for forgiveness, I just can't move forward. You ever been there? And one thing that you need to understand is that's the enemy trying to hold you back. But church, can I give you this truth? Jesus already paid for that offense. You offended a holy God. And yet, instead of casting you into hell right then, he said, I'm going to send Jesus. And Jesus, when he went to the cross... And he paid for the price of our sin. He prayed, or he paid the price for every offense that you could commit, would commit, and he paid for every price that was paid against you. So you don't have to wait for somebody to come set you free. Jesus already did. And when you think that your, your forgiveness that people give to you is what is needed to go on, that's the enemy having that chain held to that trap that's holding you back. And Jesus is saying, I've already forgiven you. So what is the goal for offended? Because folks, one thing you'll find out in scripture, God does not argue that offenses don't happen. He doesn't say, what do you mean offended? Nothing. No, offenses happen. Because guess why? We're sinners. We're flesh driven. We're prideful. So he says, yeah, offenses are gonna come. But let me tell you how I want you to handle them. And so Psalm 119, 165 gives to us the goal, the vision for what God wants to do in our life of the fences. Great peace have those who love your law. In other words, your word. In Psalm 119, there are about seven different words that refer to the word of God and law is one of them. So let's replace that with this. Great peace have those who love your word. Nothing can make them stumble. That word stumble is the same word for offended. So let's change it 
like this. Great peace have those who love your word. Nothing can make them offended. Now, church, let that sink in. Because being offended is almost a daily occurrence in our lives. Somebody pulls in front of us, we're offended. You cut me off. You, are all, you injured my life. You risked my life, so I'm offended. Somebody says something to us at work. You know, your work's kind of slipping. We get offended. Offense is something that happens in our lives on a daily basis. Husbands and wives, how much time do you spend being offended by each other, by words, by actions? So offense happens. And God says to us, great peace. Isn't that something we long for? Is peace? He says, it comes to those who love my word. And because of that, nothing will cause them to be offended. Do I have the occurrence to be offended? Absolutely. But God says, I don't want you to take that offense. I want you to give it to me because I paid the price for it. If somebody injures you, somebody hurts you, you give it to me and let me give you peace. You trying to get that from somebody else is only going to frustrate you. Husbands and wives, this is not time to say amen, okay? But how many times, husbands, wives, do we spend time like this, beating our heads against the wall, just battling those wheels? And you say, man, I don't feel like I get anywhere because not one of you is willing to say, you know what? I'm gonna overlook the offense. I'm gonna give it to the Lord and I'm gonna love you. We say, I can't move on till you say I'm right. That doesn't go very well, does it? The thing that we need to understand is the very first thing. Earthly people, human people, humanity does get offended, right? Proverbs 18, 19 says this. A brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city. Okay, those of you, husbands and wives, this is why trying to fight for your being right doesn't lead anywhere because you're unyielding. I'm not giving up ground. I'm standing my ground. He says, a brother offended is more unyielding than a strong city and quarreling is like the bars of a castle. You trying to argue with the person, you trying to prove that you were right, you trying to prove that you were offended and there you are, the offender is just like hitting up against the bars. It holds you in. It imprisons you. Church, this is something that the devil uses to restrict God's people from following him because we cover it up. Are you ready for this? You ready for some religious lingo? But I'm righteously angered. I'm righteously offended. Well, I don't see you defending God. I see you defending self. That's not righteously angered, especially when God said, if you are content in my law, I give you peace and you will not be offended. You see, it's funny how we try to throw God in there to make it right. But here, he says, when you understand that when you get offended, bitterness, wrath, anger, all that stuff comes in and you become unyielding. That's why the, the word of God tells us that we are not to quench the spirit of God. 
We're to yield to him, to submit to him, to follow him. Being offended brings a hard, stubborn heart that builds up strong walls. And folks, some of you have built walls that you can't even see over anymore. They cast such dark shadows into your life that you can't see light anymore. And you're waiting for somebody else to say the magic word that will just set you free and to understand the only one that can set you free is what Jesus has already spoken when he said you are forgiven. I do not hold your offenses against you. Do you remember the story that Jesus told about the man who owed much and the person to which he owed much forgave him? And when the man left, he went out to the person who only owed him pennies. And instead of forgiving him because he'd been been forgiven much, he said, I can't do it. And he took him to the collector and said, I want to hold this man responsible for the pennies. And the Lord said, you've been forgiven much, so you forgive much. But yet we like to hold on to that offense. Micah 6.3, don't you love this? We get offended at God. Oh, my people, God says, what have I done to you? How have I wearied you? That same word for wearied you is offended you. How have I offended you? Can can you imagine saying to God, uh, God, I just want you to know you offended me. A holy, righteous God. And, And so some of you say, I would never tell God he offended me. Well, it looks a little bit like this. God, why did you take my loved one? I don't understand. They were young. I needed them. They had just made a a right change for you. And God, you took them. Why? Or God, why did I get laid off from work? Why did I get dismissed? I was trying to do a good job. And and things that happen in our life, we get a diagnosis and we go to the God. and, And we're saying, God, you wronged me. And God is saying, how have I offended you? answer me. You see, Job thought he was pretty right when people were accusing him and saying, you've surely sinned. And he's like, if if God would come down and face me like a man, I could give my defense. And God comes and appears before Job. He says, Job, where were you when I created Leviathan? Where were you when I created the expanse of the earth? And Job said, I'm sorry, God. Some of you are offended at God. And you're waiting for God to give you that understanding, that explanation. And until he does, you can't move forward. You see, the enemy gets you trapped. We blame God for what the devil does. Because when God created the heavens and the earth, he said, it is what? Good. There was no death. There was no sin. There was no sorrow. There were no weeds. There was no poison ivy. There were no mosquitoes. And yet sin came in. And with that came heartache, came sorrow, came tears. So if you're going to be offended, get offended at the right person. Don't get offended at God. Get offended at the devil. Get mad at the devil and be like, I keep believing you and you keep leading me down this road. Folks, some of you, the step you need to take is start getting angry at the right person. Quit getting angry at God and get angry at the devil. And quit believing his lies. Quit following what he says. And do what God says. Luke 7 gives us these verses. 
To what then shall I compare the people of this generation? And what are they like? They are like children sitting in the marketplace and calling to one another. We played the flute for you. You did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not weep. Do you hear the pettiness in that? God, I sang last week and nobody commented on it. God, I took pound cake to my neighbor to try to encourage him. They didn't even say thank you. God, I'm just trying to love people and I'm not getting love back. But then he goes on to say in verse 34, the son of man, that's Jesus, has come eating and drinking. And you say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard. Here's Jesus come to take away all the offenses. And instead of the people embracing that, they get offended at Jesus. He's a glutton and a drunkard. They, they thought this was a slander against him, but they couldn't have spoken greater truth. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yeah, that's right. Thank God he's a friend of mine. Thank God Jesus came to pay my sin. But you see, they were offended at what Jesus did. And I've had people say this, well, if Jesus would just come and talk with me for a few minutes, I would be okay. No, you wouldn't. Because the people that could actually walk and talk with him were constantly offended because he was on a spiritual plane. They were looking for earthly deliverance. That's why Judas betrayed him. He thought he was going to give him earthly power and position. And when Jesus told him, that's not what I came for, he said, all right, I'm done with you and betrayed him. Jesus was blamed as a friend of sinners to ease the minds of those rejecting him. I got to feel better about myself. So he, he's just a, a drunkard. I mean, who would, what Messiah would hang out with these kind of people? Matthew 26, 33 says, Peter, you guys remember Peter? I'm thankful for Peter. Peter gives me hope. Peter's like me sometimes. You do something and later you go, why'd I do that? Peter tells Jesus, though they all fall away, that word fall away is that same word, offended. Though they all be offended because of you, I will never be offended. Peter thought he was pretty good. And Jesus tells him later, uh, by the time the cock crows in the morning, Peter, you will deny me three times. You will be offended, Peter, because of me. Church, we are foolish if we don't see being offended as a possibility for entrapment. If you think there's any good in being offended, if you think you ever have a right to be offended, if you ever think it is a, a tool that's gonna bring you closer to God, understand it's not. It's not. And you cannot avoid being offended if you think it's the other person's responsibility to make it right. Please understand, I'm not being irreverent or disrespectful. But could you see God saying, Satan, you really offended me when you tempted Adam and Eve. I really wanna have a relationship with them. I really wanna show them my glory and my love and my majesty and my grace. So devil, if you'll just apologize, we can move on. You will never ever in the course of eternity hear the devil say he's sorry. His pride prohibits it. 
And church, some of you are waiting for those that are believing and following the lies of Satan to try to act differently than their father, the one they're following. And I'm here to tell you, you will be entrapped. You will be burdened. You will be offended for a long, long time. You cannot wait for them. You have to understand Jesus already set you free. So you have to follow what he has given and say, Lord, I trust you. I had a person several years ago that offended me greatly. But God had been teaching me this truth. And so I just forgave them and loved them and prayed for them to see what they were doing. Three months later, they came back and they said, Randy, I need, to, I need to apologize to you. I need to ask for your forgiveness. I said, brother, it's already been granted three months ago. But I didn't ask you for it. I said, your forgiveness today is to set you free. The forgiveness Jesus gave me and therefore I gave to you three months ago set me free. You see, when we see it as God sees it, it keeps us from being entrapped and enslaved. Second thing we need to understand is this, God calls us not to be offended so that we can enjoy his freedom. Matthew eleven six, and blessed is he who is not offended by me. Jesus would go on to say, don't be surprised if the world hates you because it hated me. Don't be surprised if they fight against you because they fight against me. So when we understand the reason the offense comes is a spiritual battle, it's not just a personal attack, is the enemy trying to get us held back, then I look to the Lord and say, Lord, then I, I need your strength because your desire is for me not to be offended. Proverbs 19, 11 says this. And folks, if you don't write down any other verses, please write down this verse. This verse will help you greatly. Good sense makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Why is this verse so important? <clears throat> Good sense. Second Timothy 1 7 says to us, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's this word, good sense. When we follow the thinking like God thinks, not like our flesh thinks, but like God thinks, makes us slow to anger. Folks, Humanity offends God every day. Aren't you thankful he's slow to anger? Aren't you thankful he's not up there with lightning rods just ready to fling him down? But he is slow to anger so that we can repent and draw close to him. So he says, good sense, right thinking makes one slow to anger and it is his glory to overlook an offense. The only glory that comes, comes from God. That's why he does not share his glory with anyone else. There's no other one that can stand next to God and be like, hey, my glory is as bright as yours. No, all glory comes from him. But what he's saying is when we think as he thinks and sees it as he sees it, then glory is given to our account because we're acting like our father when we overlook an offense. Notice, the offense is real, but you choose to overlook it. That's the key. Many times we spend time trying to define that the offense is real. But this happened. Yeah, I know. But it really hurt me. Yeah, I know. But God says it is to your glory. It is to be like him when you overlook that. 
and you trust him with it. Glory comes when offense is not taken, when the bait is not taken, when the trap is not set. You see, when we understand that, wow, the freedom it gives. Okay? But church, I believe many of us are walking around with those traps. We have a little bit of change so we can move, so we think we're okay, but we can't move on. We can't draw closer to Christ because we're holding on to those offenses. So I wanna kind of demonstrate it to you if I can. Gary, would you come up here, please? Gary Hoover, sorry, I just realized there are two Gary sitting there. Just come on up the stairs here, Gary, so everybody can see who you are. This is Gary Hoover. Okay, so Gary is walking through life. Just face everybody. Gary's walking through life, just enjoying it. And, and his wife does something that bothers him. She just feels, he feels like she doesn't respect him, like she doesn't love him. And, and so he's just sitting there dwelling on that. So the devil goes, great, Gary, you deserve better. Here, hold on to that. So one-handed. That's right, work that bicep, there you go, Okay. So now he's got this, and he's sitting there, and the whole day he's going, man, that's right. I can't believe that. I can't, as much as I love her, as much as I, I can't believe she would do that to me. And see, he's burdened down. Then he gets to work, and he comes to work, and his boss is criticizing what he's doing, says, you mess up one more time, and you're fired. And he's like, what have I done? And he's sitting there. And now, Gary, does it feel better to have two or one? Two. two. We feel good because now we feel like I'm being attacked, right? You ever said that? Lord, I'm just being attacked for you. It's not that you're being attacked, it's you're taking the bait. And you're holding on to those offenses. And so for a little while, you feel pretty good and you feel justified. But Gary, how many days could you stand up here holding those? Any, any sweat coming out yet? And so you feel pretty good, but then here's what happens. The devil comes and he says, here. Now, I won't do that to him. But have you ever said this? The Bible says he won't put on more than we can handle, but I don't know how much more I can take. Because you're taking the bait. You're letting the devil burden you. But now notice this. Gary's got this burden. His children come to him. Dad, I need some help. I can't help you. I've got my own problems. How am I going to extend my hands to help you when my hands are full? His wife, Brandy, comes up and goes, honey, I need you. I can't, I'm just, I can't handle anymore. And you see, what he thought was okay now becomes overwhelming. And church, there are a lot of things in your life that you think are okay, but they're overwhelming you. Now notice what Gary's doing. The weight's picking up on him, right? So I'll help relieve that. That feel better? No. <laughs> that arm's still tight, right? That feel better? 
Church, that's what happens when you give your offenses to God. He takes the burden away because he said this, take my yoke upon you. You say, Lord, there's nothing there. Right, because he paid it all. He took away every offense. Okay, Gary, thank you. You can sit down. Appreciate it. You give him a round of applause. For and church, there are some of you today that you might just have one block. You might have two. Some of you might have three or four or five, and they are just weighing you down. And you've come into this service because you're like, Lord, I, I want to worship you. Lord, I want to praise you. But I am so weighed down. Because the enemy has you taken the bait and you're holding on. You're offended. But here's what happens. You get tired. Didn't take Gary long. He's already drinking water. Look, he's getting refreshed. He's like, whew. Anybody got any Gatorade? It doesn't take long for life to wear you down. And so you know you can't carry those anymore. But instead of giving them to Jesus and letting him take them away and trusting him to deal with them, we do this. Hmm. I'm hurt. I'm bothered. I tried to love you. I tried to care for you. And this is the, re the return and thanks I get. I'm building a wall. And you can't hurt me anymore. And sometimes some of you might do this with a spouse. Sometimes you might do this with children. I've heard of a dad that says to his daughter, you're no longer my daughter. Can you imagine? Because I'm going to build up a wall where I can't be hurt anymore. I can't be affected anymore. And so when that's not high enough, I get it up more. And what happens when I get out in life and somebody starts to hurt me, starts to say things about me, instead of loving them like Jesus, instead of giving that to them and saying, Lord, help them. We do this. Nope, I'm behind my wall. I refuse to love. I refuse to care. I refuse to forgive. I refuse to do all of that. And church, you can't move forward until the walls are gone. You can't move forward until this is not your source of protection and strength. So how do we overcome offenses? Well, we do it with a spiritual defense. You build steps rather than walls. You build steps rather than walls. Instead of trying to provide protection to stay where you are, you take those offenses and you use them to go higher, to grow closer to Christ. James 1.19 says this, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Anger is the mortar that holds the bricks together. It is anger working with pride takes the mortar and makes it hard. There's not one of you here, children, women, men alike, 
Any one of you could come and knock this wall over right now. Be no problem. Just push on and they go. But buddy, give me some time. I'll put some mortar on these bricks and you won't be able to move them. When you take offenses and you let them build in your life and that anger and that pride brings them together. Remember what we learned? An offended brother is unyielding like a strong city. All of a sudden, there is so much holding it together that you don't even remember all the offenses that are there. You just know you are mad. You ever known people that are just mad? Just angry. Because they've let all these things go and they, they, they think they're justified in feeling that way. They think they're righteously angered, whatever the case, but they refuse to deal with it as God calls them to. And it exhibits itself like this. I am right. And I'll go to whatever depths to prove it. In some of your marriages today, one of the best things that could happen is for one of you to look at the other and be like, honey, I'm wrong. Because if I've allowed something to come between us to the point that we don't want to be near each other, I'm wrong. I've tried to fight for my right position. I've tried to prove I'm right and you're wrong. I want to love you like Jesus. I can't tell you the number of times marriages have been restored when simply one of the spouses will say to the other, I'm sorry. And oh, it, it breaks down those walls, loosens that mortar, and victory is given. Ecclesiastes 7, 21 through 22 says this, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows that many times you yourself have cursed others. What he's saying here is this, hypocrite. You get upset at other people and you do the same thing. We get offended when somebody gossips about us, but then we go out and gossip about other people. I've had people say to me before, I would come to church, but it's full of hypocrites. Here's my response to that. Join us, we need one more. Here's what happens. How dare you? Oh, see, I've offended. And I said, but you're getting on to people for doing the same thing you're doing. That's hypocritical. See, a lot of times, we, boy, we feel good. We feel like we've got it justified. And as we're learning, that's never the case because God's told us not to be offended. Leave it to him, trust him. So gossip is a brick that if it isn't brought together by anger, it has no, it doesn't stand. If somebody, if I came up to you and said, um, John Doe said, you're not smart. Does that bother you? You're like, I don't even know who John Doe is. I don't care. But if I come up to you and list a friend's name and says, yeah, I was talking to your friend and he says, you're pretty dumb. See, now what made the difference? Now there's anger. How dare they? I thought they were my friend. So that anger ties that gossip, that opinion of others together. In Matthew, we have this truth that's given to us. 
You've heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. How many times you ever used that? Bible said, eye for an eye and tooth for tooth. They hurt me, I'm going to hurt them. I love this when, I, when people are talking with me and they'll, they'll say, well, preacher, I'm just living out the biblical truth. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. I said, great, so you want to follow God? Absolutely. I said, great, look at Matthew 5. And I show them this, and they're like, oh, do you want to follow God or not? He says, Jesus says, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. So he recognizes the source of the, of the conflict. It's the evil one. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. Folks, you can't do this unless you're walking in spiritual places. Because your flesh says, nope, not going to do that. You slap me and get ready. You want to sue me? Bring it on. Spiritual places understands it's the evil one. Notice what it says. Do not resist the one who is evil. They're following the path of the devil. He is setting the snares. He has got them entrapped and he's trying to entrap you as well. And you can either follow along or you can follow Jesus and be like, nope, not going to do that. I'm not going to take that burden on me. Revenge is a brick that doesn't stand when anger is gone. See, if we're slow to anger, then that doesn't tie that together. When somebody says, you know what? I ought to sue you. Great. Let me give you the name of a lawyer. It takes, it takes the fire out of it. When you say, oh, that's right. I'll sue you back. It, that anger just fuels it and it hardens that mortar and that wall gets built. When pride is replaced with the spirit, then the kingdom goals are pursued rather than personal revenge or protection. I'm not worried about protecting me. I'm not worried about that I'm going to be right. I'm not worried about that I'm going to be safe. I'm following Jesus. Luke 6, through 23 says this, blessed are you, there's that word, happy, free, when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn you as your name is evil on account of the son of man. Okay, I have to give a disclaimer here. Don't claim religious persecution when you're acting like a jerk. I can't go up to people and be like, well, you guys are just dumb. And they say, well, we hate you. And I say, blessed are those that are persecuted. That's not what it says, okay? There are a lot of people that are claiming false martyrdom, okay? When you are standing for righteousness and you are following Christ and people go, you know what? I don't want to follow that Jesus. And they persecute you. Now we're talking, okay? Here's what he says to those who will not be offended, who will not follow the trap. Rejoice in that day and leave for joy. For behold, your reward is great in heaven. So their fathers did to the prophets. You see, when people lie about you and attack you, that's simply a way to increase the mortar of anger. Lies. It's not truth. It's what I perceive. It's what I think. Lies take and increase that mortar of anger. But that mortar can be broken apart by truth and love. Notice what God did. One of the most famous verses in all of Scripture. For God so loved the world. 
that he gave his only begotten son. God could have come down and argued with us night and day on why he was right and, he was, and we were wrong. And he would have been right. But he said, I'm going to show that by loving you. Is it any coincidence why Jesus said the two greatest commandments are this? Number one, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. How can I love except I know the source of love, right? Because God is love. So that's why one is important. Second one is this, love your neighbor as yourself. But Lord, who's my neighbor? You, you don't know who my neighbor is. You don't realize how bad they are. He just doesn't Love them. Love breaks through the mortar. Truth breaks through the mortar. That's why you see me using lots of verses because it's truth. It breaks through the heart. It's not just Randy's opinion. It's truth. And church, rather than following the snare and the trap, let's love and speak truth like Jesus did. Because your offense can be transitioned, can be changed to a reward rather than a trap. It's a, a reward. So we can say, bring on the offenses. Devil, try to get me trapped. Devil, try to bring them on because I'm going to avoid them. And as the Lord told me, if I overlook the offense, then it is counted as glory to me and will be rewarded. What does that look like? Well, see, here's what happens. This is how most of us live our life. I'm not going to be hurt anymore. I'm going to put up a wall. I'm not going to be offended because I don't care. Well, that's not the right way, right? Because for God so loved the world. God just didn't say, I don't care anymore. You've rejected me. I don't care. No, for God so loved the world. So what does he want us to do? Well, we know offenses will come, right? We know there's going to be those traps the devil's going to bring, so that's not the problem. So how do we do it? Well, we understand that the offenses, rather than being built up into a wall, we take and we say, Lord, because you have forgiven me, because you love me in a way I don't deserve, so I love others. My wife, my kids, my coworkers, Lord, even you. I choose to use them to bring me closer to you. Instead of using them to just keep me to myself and to my way of thinking. Well, if that's true, how can I be salt? How can I be light if I'm content to be bound in by myself? So Lord, instead of building walls, I want to build stairs. So that Lord, when that trap is laid and that person speaks evil of me, Lord, I will not follow the trap. I will follow and rise above it. You see, how do I leave how do I move from this place? Because I'm following what Jesus said. And, and Lord, but the offenses still come and you keep going up. And church, 
one of the things that breaks my heart, whether it's on social media, whether it's in a public display of conversation, is when I hear Christians just saying, well, I'm offended. I'm offended by this. I'm offended by that. And rather than the world seeing Jesus, all they can see is our offense. Let me phrase it this way. Don't just tell people what you're against. Show them what you're for. One of the verses that has just been changing and convicting and empowering me over the past several weeks is from 1 Corinthians 4.20. For the kingdom is not of talk, but of power. And church, it's not enough just to say, I'm a Christian. It's not just enough to say, oh yeah, I want to follow God. Really? Are you willing to avoid the offenses? Are you willing to overlook them? Are you willing to die to self so that Jesus can be lifted up? 2 Timothy 2.24, and the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. I'm going to give him a piece of my mind. No, I want to give him a piece of Jesus. A piece of my mind is only going to hurt him. I want him to see Jesus Christ. So I'm going to be kind, able to teach, patiently enduring evil. Lord, I know the enemy wants to hold me back. Lord, I know the enemy wants me to get distracted. Lord, I know the enemy wants me to get entrapped, to get in the cage with no way out. But Lord, I want to follow you. I want to trust you. And I want to give you this last verse so that you understand the heart of our God. Jesus has been speaking to the disciples, preparing them for when he's going to leave. And he's been teaching them about the Holy Spirit and the, and the necessity of the Spirit coming. And so he starts John chapter 16, verse 1, this way. I have said all of these things to you to keep you from falling away. That word falling away is the same word to be offended. Jesus said, I have said all these things about the necessity of the Spirit, about me being the vine and you being the branches. I said all of these things to you for this purpose, that you would not be offended. When you turn or you move or you say, I'm going to get from this place, you are getting rid of the flesh and you're going to your spiritual place. You're going to your place where Christ has called you to. You can either build a wall that restricts your spiritual power, that you say, no, I'm good. I'm not going to get beyond this point. I'm not going to put myself out there anymore. I'm just going to hide right here. Or you can build a stair, a stair that leads you up closer to your heavenly father. Jesus was standing here in the garden of Gethsemane. He said, Father, I don't want to go through this. The enemy has set a great trap. I'm going to be killed. But not that I'm just going to be killed, but I'm going to have to be separated from you because you have to pour out your wrath for sin upon me. So I really don't want to do this. Father, if it be your will, let this cup pass from me. 
That was his prayer. And if he'd have stayed there, we would have had no forgiveness at Calvary. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And the next step was Calvary. The next step was the tomb. The next step was the resurrection. See where this is going? The next step is appearing before the disciples. The next step is the ascension. The next step is sitting at the right hand of the Father. Do you see where I'm going with this? Church, we have to be willing to say, Lord, I will not let offenses keep me from my spiritual place, from my spiritual power. I will not let these traps keep me. And so we need to make this battle cry. We need to call out, this is our prayer to God, but it is our declaration to the enemy. And it is this, I will not be offended. And church, if you're here and you are content in your offense and you're content in your hurt, God is saying, come out. It's holding you back. It's keeping you down. Because it's time to soar and time to stop stumbling. Church, are you ready to declare, I will not be offended because I am following Jesus? Father, thank you for this truth. Thank you for your word that makes it clear on how we are to handle offenses. And Father, our desire today is to follow you. And Father, sometimes it's easy to come to that point of salvation, but it's hard that when we have to start walking, when we have to start having the power of Christ in our life, that we have to not fight for flesh, but rather yield to the Spirit. Father, no doubt, people here today have been offended. People have hurt them in a great way. But Father, you are calling them to let those offenses go. Give them over to Jesus who said, take my yoke upon you for it is light. All ye that are burdened and heavy laden, I will give you rest. So Father, help us to do that today, to be able to step from this place, but Father, to avoid the traps that have been set, that we can rise unoffended. Father, would you give us the desire to follow you, and would you give us the power to see it? For it's in Christ's name we ask it, amen and amen. Church, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, and maybe you're holding things that have happened to you against God and going, why would I want to give my life to a God who these things have happened? I hope today you've seen who really has done those things. And that today you would come to Jesus and say, I, I, I see it now and I trust you. I don't want to be offended, I want to be redeemed. And so today you would accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But child of God, brother and sister in Christ, how comfortable are you with your burden? How comfortable are you with your offense? Are you tired? Are you weary? Can I invite you when the team does their first song 
that you would come. Yes, you can do it where you're at. There's something just taking that stand and saying, Lord, I, I come because I can't do this in my strength. I can't do it on my own. Lord, I come and all my offenses I give to you. I want to leave here unoffended. I want to leave here with your glory upon me, with your blessing upon me. So I invite you to come and just cast your offenses upon him and leave blessed, leave with peace, leave with victory, leave with power. During the second song that the team will do, the usher team will be coming. Please, if this is your first time here, we didn't invite you here to try to get money. Let the buckets pass. But church, I'm ready to declare, I will not be offended. Will you make that declaration today?